In this episode of the Philly Blunt, we sit down with a legend in the music industry, Mr. Chris Schwartz. Chris and his partner, Joe the Butcher Niccolo, founded Roughhouse Records, which is easily the most influential Philly music company since the days of Gamble and Huff. Chris brought the world gangster rat with the likes of Schooly D, and through Roughhouse Records went on to introduce the world to Cypress Hill, Criss Cross, the Goats, the Fugees, and countless other acts. Roughhouse Records went on to sell over 100 million records worldwide throughout the 1990s. Chris has a new book out, and he sat down with us at the New Wave Cafe in 3rd and Catherine in South Philly, where he discussed promoting the first gangster rap record in the U.S. and abroad, as well as the successes of Roughhouse and some struggles through his personal journey of life. This is a must-listen to any fan of the music industry, and music history, and music in general. Please rate and review this podcast to help other folks who love Philly find us, and subscribe if you haven't already to stay on top of future episodes. Finally, please follow us on all social media. We're The Philly Blunt on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. For news, a chance to submit questions for future guests, and for some behind-the-scenes looks into the podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode with Chris Schwartz. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name is Johnny Goodtimes. I'm Reef. This is Greg. And we are extremely excited to have this week's guest, an icon in the hip-hop field, Mr. Chris Schwartz. Welcome, sir. Thank Honor you. to have you. Welcome, welcome you. Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, for those who don't know, Chris was a founder of Roughhouse Records, uh, which was one of the primary, uh, one of the main record companies in America in the 1990s. Uh, he got his start working with Schooly D, went on to work crisscross, uh, work with the Fugees, work with Cypress Hill, just, you know, a who's who of, of really of 80s and 90s hip hop. So really excited to talk about uh, those days and also talk about what you're up to today. Um, let's get started, I'd say, probably in the 1980s. So you were you were already into music at that time, though. You're yeah. already a big music fan, and yeah. you had actually been in a band, right? Yeah, a bunch of bands. Uh, yeah. What, What'd what you play? Of, yeah, what kind of music? Uh, I played guitar, keyboards, vibraphones, uh, nice. bass. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Percussion. Yeah. What was this type of music? It was like prog rock or like? Yeah, pr- uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was a uh, prog rock or like Zappa was like the kind of the main thing. But here's the thing: the the if you look at the where hip hop comes from, right? I'm not talking about rapping. I'm talking about the the actual rhythmic component and everything. It all started with German electronic music. And if you listen to Kraftwerk, if you listen to Numbers by Kraftwerk, if you listen to Trans Europe Express, which is African Mabata, Soul Sonic Force, Space is the Place, produced by Arthur Baker, right? All that stuff comes from Kraftwerk. So we were already playing Kraftwerk. We used to do Audubon by Kraftwerk. We used to perform it at the East Side Club. Programming the 808, doing these type of rhythms and everything, it was, it was like I already knew how to do it, you know? Right, right, So right. I was actually a beat maker in 1982. Right. You know? Right. And so... It was actually, you know, it's uh, it was. But, but did you had you heard like Curtis well, Blow or Grandmaster yeah. Flash? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody did. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I used to have them when I played my my bass guitar. I had all the pins like Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. I knew all the Sugar Hill guy, all that stuff. Right. I had all those records. Yeah. Right. Okay. We had a massive collection of 12-inch dance records we got from New York. Okay. So all that stuff like was you know 
yeah, we, we knew all of it. Okay. Uh, Master Don and the Beatbox Committee, Beatbox Party, it's just an 808. That's all it is. <laughs> right. Listen, listen, listen to the beatbox. Right. Or bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Bum, 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 bum. You know, it's like yeah, man. all that. All that comes from the Germanic, European electronic. You know, because the breakdance kids, it worked for them, right? Uh-huh. Listen to Kraftwerk numbers. Listen to that song, okay? Right. That song. Is so widely used, it's really like a it's like a breakdance national anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, for sure. Right. All right. So you so you decide you're going to work with Schoolie D, and right. you said he's not particularly easy to work with. No, he was what? totally cool. But here's the thing: you got to we put out PSK Gucci time. Right. First gangster hip hop records ever. Right. He, yes. crea- he created the genre. He created yeah. We yeah. toured all. We did the first hip hop tours in Europe and the UK. I mean, we did some really exciting things. Right. Like, we were, yeah. like, leading a whole thing. Right. Did you know so, that at the time? No. No, okay. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> right. No, I knew we made... I knew this. I knew I knew those two singles were different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to notice. Of you know? course. There's uh-huh. nothing like it, right? Right. right Was right. it a slow burn with those, or they took right off? Um, slow burn, mm-hmm. but intense. Yeah. And what also what happened was uh, White Clubs. Wanted to book Schoolie. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Now, when we signed with Jive, you know, he put out those first two records, uh, the PSK album and the Saturday Night record, right? But then something happened. And and one, one of the things was is that Jive Records, and, you know, Barry Weiss is a really good friend of mine. Yeah. But I think this is where, this is the one thing he probably did wrong in his entire career. He basically... Proclaimed that Schoolie needed to have a following at Black Radio. So how are you going to get a following at Black Radio? Well, you need to change up what you're doing. Right. So then you can tell the frustration because he names the album, Am I Black Enough For You? Oh. oh right. I didn't realize okay. that was the motivation okay. behind it. Yeah. yeah. So there was a story I heard about. You said uh, he was doing these white rock clubs where he would just come out, do his two songs, and try to well, leave. <laughs> yeah. Was, but see, that was the thing in hip-hop back then. Right. When you hired a hip-hop artist, you know, in the 80s and parts of the 90s, you were really paying the guy to walk through your club, right? to get on stage, to do a couple songs and leave. Right. That's what it was. That's what Schoolie did. Yeah. I'm booking him in the, into, like, venues. Right. You know, national venues where these artists perform, and there's kids, like, from Delaware, New Jersey, New mm. York, all coming to see him perform, and... He does four songs, and Code starts breaking down the turntables. <laughs> and not only that, they collected their money up front. Of course. I had to get them their money up front. Promoter's it, just pissed off as he's yeah, walking off stage. It, it was bad. It was really bad. So we did the first hip-hop tour ever. We toured with um, Big Audio Dynamite. Right. Wow. Throughout uh, Europe. Because yeah. Mick Jones is a Clash fan. Uh, interesting tour, you and, know. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're, you're in Europe and you're in Scotland and Ireland. You're in these places where it's the 1980s. I can't imagine they've ever no, heard hip hop. No, it's the 1880s. As far as <laughs> no, it is. I mean, you know what? I'll tell you this. They, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's odd. It's like it's very, it's, it's not what it looks like, you know. Right. And um, 
They, yeah, they'd never seen it. And, you know, there were some bottles and cans thrown at us, you know. <laughs> and not just, style. not just on stage, you know, at the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, and look, and, I, I'll, and I'm going to admit, I took a lot of this for granted because I didn't realize what we were doing. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that we were paving the way. Sure. Right. right. Everybody, everybody, everybody else. Nobody, nobody Reef, knows. Reef performs yeah. in Europe now. I yeah. mean, this is like, yeah. it's crazy to think about. That was the first, that was the first ever rap yeah. tour yeah, you guys made a way for everybody, yeah. especially coming from the city. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a lot of, I remember just being uh, enamored with the fact that you could be from Philadelphia and put a record out. Let me talk about Joey for a minute, my ex-partner. Joey. So we're talking about the Butcher Brothers. Yeah, one no, of the yeah, Butcher yeah, Brothers. One of the yeah, Butcher Joe. Brothers. They're both mega talented cats. Joe right? Niccolo, right? They yeah. are. They were so ahead of their time. And the thing about Joe, Joe did something that I never saw any other producer do. Um, you in the '80s, early '80s, if you're a hip hop act and you go into a recording studio, right, and you got you know, like a producer who doesn't do hip-hop, what's the first thing the guy's going to do? He's going to try and make everything sound clean and antiseptic, right? right? Joe went totally the opposite. Joe listened to what the artist wanted, which Mm. was in turn what the audience wanted. Mm. They wanted the drums big, Mm -hmm. bombastic, crunchy, dirty, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That gave him almost like this trademark sound, you know what I mean? And interestingly enough, Cypress Hill had offers from every major label. They already had a publishing deal at BMG. Right. They had offers from every label. They went with us, and they, they talked about it, their acceptance speech, because we let Cypress be Cypress, right? Instead of telling Cypress to not do songs about weed and this and that, and try and do this and that, right. you know? We were like, yeah, man, let the good times roll, right? <laughs> right? right? Because, because Muggs, his loops and breaks, that shit was so inventive. Right. And then you add, then you bring in uh, uh, B and Sen's vocal deliveries yeah. and everything. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing was just so clever. Yeah. But now you're packaging it in a Joe the Butcher mix. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was such a distinctive sound. And then sound. When, you, when you hear that shit, it's yeah, like, yeah. There, there's nothing else like it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that's like, that's the kind of thing you don't fuck with. You know what right, I mean? Right. The rest is history. All right. So let's talk 1990s and let's talk after Cypress Hill, your next big discovery was Crisscross, which was yes. absolutely, uh, I mean, a phenomenon that I, I don't even know if. Young people could. I don't know if there's anything. Well, I can tell you, yeah, I, was, so I was, I was, I was, that, I, I was that audience, and I, yeah, so I was, huge. yeah, I was, I was nine or ten when they came well, out. I, told, I was obsessed. I told, uh, I tell my daughter about it. Yeah. And I tell her, I said, look, if you and your friends were, if crisscross were, if there was something the equivalent of crisscross today, you would be, you would have kids. Every kid in the class would want to be your best friend. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's how that's how absurd it was. Oh, it was out of and, control. And I remember being going into my car and being able to find it on any one of three radio stations that 
any time right. during the day. Any yeah. time of day, I could find it. Right. 103.9, Power 99, and uh, whatever the other pop station was. Q102 it, it, or something. Q102, yeah. yeah. How'd you, it how'd... was crazy. Yeah. But it, it holds the record. It's the fastest-selling hip-hop record mm-hmm. ever. And it had the most amount of weeks at number one. It knocked Boys to Men End of the Road off the chart. Wow. And that had been that on was... there for 11 weeks. Crisscross went on for 14 weeks. The irony of this, both songs were recorded at Studio 4. Wow. What happened was uh, Rich Murray, my uh, film partner who I lived with in West Philly, had uh, done, he did a video for like $20,000 down in Atlanta. So we had the video finished. Song was ready to ship the radio. And this jump? Yeah. Everything okay. was ready to go. Nobody had heard the song yet, but right. we knew it was going to be like massive, right? Right. Rosie Perez was a talent coordinator for In Living Color. She got them the spot to perform on In Living Color, and it was a Friday night. Before the song even came out? Yeah. Wow. That Saturday morning, I was really, really hungover. <laughs> and my wife and I were at the Overbook Diner. Nice. And she was giving me a bunch of shit. <laughs> and uh, I was just, you know, I was just trying to, like, eat, you know? Yeah. What are your eggs? And, and I'm listening to this conversation, like, over here. And it's a older white couple. And the guy is, man, is like, you know, and is, like, my age or maybe older, is talking about crisscross. And he's describing them and going on and on and on about it. He goes, that's a record. I'm going to buy this record. These kids these kids were so terrific. I'd never seen anything. He's going on and on. And I finally said to my wife, I said, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> that went over well. Yeah. And I said, I said, you know what? I think this record's going to blow up. I think it's going to be huge. Yeah. And it was just like, it was a behemoth. Yeah. How many did it sell all together? Like oh, this? God. We were like, bam. We were at like 12 million within. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, it was like, see, it was crazy. Just the single. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, the album. The yeah. album. Yeah. Now, you know what? You know what's crazy is that uh, Cypress Hill, we were dead in the water for like five, six months right. at 36,000 copies, right? It took that long not selling a record. Right. And then after the Juice soundtrack, it was in the song, it was in the movie. We were selling 50,000 copies a week. Wow. So that was a major success story while yeah. that was going on. Right. And then crisscross happened. Right. You know so what you I mean? guys are off and running. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now we're like, you know, now we're... we're, we're Do you remember the first time you heard crisscross? Like, what did you think of it? I actually thought something else. Um, I didn't like Jump. <laughs> wow! I, I didn't like it. The no, one guy who didn't like Jump is the no, guy who came out with Jump. No, I, I you talk, at this age, no, his age I, I, like you would have been like, oh, this isn't. Yeah, no, no, no. I talk. Hip-hop. I talk about it in the book. We put out more hip hop music worldwide than any other record label in history, by proxy because we have the Fugees, right? And their solo records in Cypress Hill, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The three biggest touring international touring acts in the history of hip hop were the Fugees. Cypress Hill and The Roots. Yes. And everybody, you know, Amir used to intern for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, The Goats. I'm not your typical American. I'm not your typical American. I'm not 
and I'm not getting into the who shot John. Everybody knows what happened with the goats. They imploded. But we got more fan mail on the goats than all of the other artists on the label combined, including no Chris no Cross, way. the Fugees, and Cypress Hill. No way. Yeah. How, wow. how was that? Were people just because they were so people that were politically involved were it just was, uh, yeah. in love with them? It was kind of like, should it, they have been what Kurdistan, Kurdistan, uh, Bucharest, um, wow, like Eastern European bloc countries. Like it was like the Caribbean, uh, the West Indies, Africa. Mm. It was bizarre. That is bizarre. And how were they hearing them? I mean, this is before the internet. Oh, because we had we had. We had a guy in England named Luc Berger. He's French. And he had the whole international thing down. So eventually he became the president of international for Rough House and Rough Nation. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, so the goats are... Do you think the goats could have been what rage became? In terms uh, of the political, the loud, political, aggressive type stuff? Um, well... They could have. The, 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 the problem with the goats is that well, it was a problem with a lot of bands. And then, you know, we'd have Dan line. It's that, you know, you, you have some members who, and, you know, look, and I, I'm, you know, nobody asked me about this in the podcast. So I'll just volunteer this one, you know? Right. I was, you know, I was a major league dope addict for, for a good, good amount of time. Yeah. And, okay. um, and uh, you know, we had some artists, some musicians who had challenges too. Right. right. And it caused two Philly bands to implode, the Goats and Dandelion. So then, uh, anyhow, so the, let's talk about the Fugees. Yeah, right. so uh, they came into your world how? Uh, actor named Hassan Sharif. Nice. Uh, met Rose Mann, who was our head of uh, uh, retail promotion. Gave her a cassette of a group called the Rap Translators. Translators crew. Yeah. Yep. And I listened to it, and I thought they were Jamaican. But I thought it was unique. We went to see them. There's like eight or nine of them. Uh, Clef is the de facto leader. I don't remember Miss Lauren Hill. Couldn't tell you. No recollection whatsoever. Because it was really all about Clef. Right. Right? What sold me was the was the acoustic guitar and the beatbox. Mm. That was it. Right. Mm-hmm. That was because you know so I knew he was some like island, right? right. Acoustic guitars are important. So, and then you had the the the, the, the New York, New Jersey hip hop influence, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like a cultural imperative that just worked, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so organic, so wonderful, and that's how that all came together. Right. You know, we were the last label. They auditioned for everybody. Wow. The last label. And then after the first record, yeah. Sony wanted to drop them. Because it didn't do too right. well, right? Yeah. yeah. That was Everything a... was working against every one of those records. Right. The first album, the second album, Wyclef's record, and Miss Lauren Hill's Miseducation Lauren Hill. Right, right. Did you did you foresee obviously um, the difference between the first Fuji's record? And the second, where oh you yeah, had, where you had the oh just my God. massive everything puppets. was that everything the phrasing, of, yeah. the arrangements. Look at the Praz. yeah, right. Yeah. Look at Praz. Praz on the original Fuji's album. What they delivered me, he was the dominant rapper on all the songs, right, mm-hmm. right. And I had him, I'd made him go back and change it, right. 
And by the time he gets to like ready or not, listen to it. It's it's total flavor. It's like right. awesome. Right. You couldn't find like you'll never you'll never right. find it again. Right. So, now, so what are you I, doing when you're when you're putting that album? I mean, that album's one of the seminal albums in hip hop. What exactly is your contribution? Because that's what I'm curious about. Because obviously, like that record. You know the score. It was like the the hooks. Everything was like almost like. What's, what's my contribution? Right. Um, I'm like an artist. You know, talk. You know, we have to. Yeah, you know, like almost everything, except sing it and write it. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't but, know. but 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 like when you're when you're talking to Lauren Hill or Praz or Wyclef, like what what uh, is there a back and forth there, or are you more or less doing uh, the marketing the, for the yeah, album? No, there is there is on the choice of songs number one. They didn't want Killing Me Softly on the record. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. They didn't want it on the record. And uh, and they didn't want it as a single, but it just blew up on its own. They, they begrudgingly dis- agreed to do a video for it. But I heard did, the video that actually comes out is them watching the video that yeah, they didn't want in yeah, the movie they, theater. They didn't want the video. Mm. And then we did, did a non-video video of right. them watching that video, throwing popcorn at each other in the theater. <laughs> But there was a lot of stuff, like the cover of the album. They wanted to call it the libretto. What is that? Well, libretto is uh, in opera. You have a libretto. You uh, read the libretto while you're watching the opera. That's right, what they wanted. Right, right, right. I said, you can't, no. <laughs> and they wanted the uh, the, uh, the Godfather puppet strings. Right. They'd, and then after we did the Goodfellas kind of like images, then they didn't want images on. They wanted it all black. It's like too late. We already pressed up hundreds of, you know. Right. It was a, the, the lot of back and forth on that. Are you guys arguing? Are you fighting? No, no, no. Just talking. Just, just talking. talking. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. yeah. I can say I've seen Chris in action back in the day at marketing tables, and he was spot on. I mean, I remember you pound on the table about hooks constantly. Hooks. Hooks, hooks, hooks. hooks. Well, that's somebody, what sold the score. I mean, the score, right, yeah. I, if, I you did, look, if you look I at all the biggest. Say, I used to yeah. say, if you give me a tape, if you give me something, listen to it, and it doesn't have a hook, you're going to get punched. Yeah, used to, I used to pound on the That's table. Because if you listen to the score, all those songs, the ones that are huge, they all have classic yeah. hooks. Like the yeah. hook is what made it Chris, stay. Chris yeah. knew hooks. He knew how to package the marketing and putting yeah. the whole package together. Yeah, we, we were good at it, man. We were yeah. good. We were, we, were, we were at the top. Look, you know what? Here's the reality. Before Ruckhouse... I had a marketing and promotion company with Roseman and this woman, Jackie Paul, who was a rap charter for Impact right. Magazine, right? Right. So, radio, clubs, retail, everything. And I did the marketing plans, right? And Joe mixed these records. Right. So, labels would hire us. Right. And at any given time, on the rap top 50 singles chart, 15, 20 of those records... We were involved with right, right, right. When, so one way we, or another. Yeah, right. one way or the other. I, so, I keep the name Rose Man. What does she? Do? I know that name. She's uh, she was head of our. I was engaged to her, and then she was <laughs> head of uh, retail promotion. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, so you talked about you at this time. I mean, are, are there lots of drugs on the table too? In terms oh. of like, I mean, you're you're at the top of the rock. Well, yeah, but I'm I mean, not. It's like, I'm you know, not, the rock I'm not, legend. I'm not. I'm not shooting up heroin in front of people and shit like that. I snorted right. it, but I know I had. I, I you know. And Percocets and Vicodin. This is long before the the opiate epidemic and right, oxys right. and all that. This is uh, it's more old school. Right. But I definitely had problems. Right. I, mean, I remember going up to New York to have meetings, going through withdrawal. It's like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Worst thing in the world. Yeah. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. How long you clean? Uh, wow. Since um, I want to say. Yeah. 
12 years maybe. Okay. But I was clean before for a number of years. Right, right, so, right, right, right. right. Yeah. But you, you, hey, man, 12 years, is, that's yeah. a milestone, bro. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, was it a wild party scene like where, where, where you were no, involved? No, no, no. This was more just kind of you doing it on me. your own. This is me. No, this, is, this was me giving people wads of money to go get right. drugs and then they call up and say, oh, I got ripped off. That was a big thing. Yeah, you know, and like, yeah, it was like, if I had, say, if I had a dollar for every guy, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So you do miseducation. I mean, yeah. you, guys are, you guys are just absolutely knocking it out of the park at this point, but within two years after that, the, the label's done. Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, when Joe and I started the company... It was just him and I. Mm -hmm. Now, picture this. It's two guys. Mm -hmm. Two guys right here, okay? Standing right here. Just us, right? Now, you have two guys over here, but these two guys have about 200 people around them. Mm -hmm. All right? Right. That changes the dynamic course, sure. quite a bit. Yeah, sure. right. it wasn't anything, you know. You have a full staff now, a yeah. full roster. And yeah. Joe was really into being in the studio. Right. I was into building a label. Right. And you know, I think he basically didn't want the responsibility. Yeah. You know. Right. So, so you guys walked you, away amicably. Is that the word? Not. Is there more of that in the book? Let's we say, shouldn't get about, too much away. How about away? this? Yeah. Yes. We walked away. We walked away amicably, but we were so wealthy it didn't matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I yeah. mean. So yeah. yeah. So there's a break, and then Rough Nation pops back up. I remember Rough Nation because I grew up in in Philly in the '90s. There was a buzz on the street about a group called Major Figures. Yep. And that was the first time I heard of Rough Nation. I yep. was like, wait, is this the same, yep, you know same what I mean? company. Yep. yep. So what made you guys get back into the fold? Or was that just you? No, that was me continuing on. Okay, without Joe. Yeah, right. Okay. So now um, I'm doing Rough Nation again. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're shooting, uh, it's, a, it's a reality television show, mm-hmm. record label. We're doing the podcast. And um, we signed a really great artist from Philly named... Um, D-Boy Flowski. Yeah, I know Flowski. You know Flowski? Yeah, I know Flowski. There Flo-ski. you go. Yep. Uh, Good let's, dude. Uh, let's, yeah, Flowski is um, just uh, for me, okay? Yeah. And, you know, I might be jaded. Who knows? All I know is that he's a complete package. Yeah. Self-contained. Mm-hmm. And it's all there. Yeah. Right? He's dope. There's dope. No, there's Good no, dude. There's no guessing. Good dude. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the plan is to move forward with a podcast, yeah, movies. I got, yeah, I got another group called uh, No Facade. They're from Jersey. Okay. And we're uh, shooting a reality show. And the, the premise of the show is exactly what it is. It's, you know, myself, I wrote the book. The book did this is doing extremely well. Uh, I don't know if you saw that Chuck D endorsed it. Oh, man. Right? It's, yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. It's, it's killer, man. It's uh, Yeah. I was, uh, man, that's, you know, a, that's a life goal right there. So, you know, I had a question before we are we going to get into the blunt, I guess, in a minute? In a minute, yeah. yeah I, in the I, blunt, what, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> There's a section of our podcast called The Blunt. We'll explain in a little bit. But what I wanted to know always, what what is the meaning behind Rough House? Is that oh. just two words you put together, or that was a question you had? No, no, no. Huh? I, I read the answer. I, oh. I love it. I okay. love it. I, okay. love the, I love what it came from. Yeah. 
we were sitting in our lawyer's office, and there's a rock band called Roughhouse, R-O-U-G-H. Oh, I don't know. It used to be so, T's. Really? Guy. All right. Well, it's there. This band. <laughs> and Joe picks up and said, this would be a cool name for a, for a label. And I said, yes, but we can't spell it like that. Right. You got to keep it and keep it a sweet vernacular. We got to make it R-U-F-F. Rough. Yeah, rough. And, and I thought, it, but I thought it was from I thought it was from the basketball game that I think Philly I, is I think I, I think I used to tell people that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to the blunt. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do, All right, let's do it. We're gonna hit you with uh, rapid fire questions. This is the wrap. Give up. us rapid All fire right, uh, answers. All right. All right. Three rap albums you'd want with you on a desert island. Uh, Dr. Octagon, Miss Education, Lauren Hill, and uh, School ED PSK album. Nice. Right. An artist that you could have signed but didn't and regret it. Uh, Alicia Keys, Arrested Development, and um, House of Pain. Wow. <laughs> uh, favorite Philadelphia music venue? It's a tough one. Um, probably... You know, I wouldn't say the Trocadero, maybe. You know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, none of them are sound critical environments, you know, so <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're all, they all are what they are, you know. Right. Uh, second favorite genre of music besides hip hop? Um, that's an unfair question. Um, I, you know, I love Gypsy Swing. I love Django Reinhardt. You know, and I love Kraftwerk. So right, right, I, don't, right. I don't know where to go with that one. Okay. Yeah. 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 At your richest, besides drugs, we'll leave that off the table. What's something that you bought that you look back now and you're like, why the fuck did I buy that? Um, or what, something I, that no, you look no, back like no, that no, was no, the no. coolest thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the coolest thing was uh, I had a lot of nice cars. Nice. Um, I leased out a bank space on Hollywood Boulevard, a bank building. Because I was going to do this internet radio station with Warner Brothers, and then AOL came in and fucked the whole thing. Yeah. I lost, like, I think, like, $800,000 on that. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Uh, give us something that scares you. Um, I OD'd with these two girls in a, um, in a house, and they left me there. My friends, I had friends who went out to get liquor. I stayed back with the girls. They went in the bathroom. I thought they were, they were doing blow. And so I opened the door, and they were doing hair, and I said, oh, I want to try that, you know? I'm an idiot, right? And uh, they didn't want it. It gets her better judgment. My insistence, they gave it to me, and I fell back in the bathtub. They panicked. It ran out. And when the guys were coming home, they saw the girls running out the door. They said, shoot, what did Chris do? And they were running down the sidewalk, and yeah, and I woke up in the back, and they have the tubes. It was wow. Yeah. You've lived, man. Yeah, yeah. Favorite thing about Philly? Um, it's a quaint little city. <laughs> My favorite thing about Philly is that uh, it's a, I, I don't know, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity here, you know? I don't mm. think everybody has to bolt, you know? Right. Which is crazy, because a lot of people say the opposite. You got to go to New York. Right. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought we'd have been great for, uh, for uh, uh, Amazon, Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. I was really shocked that that didn't happen. But. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does Cypress Hill have amazing weed? Yes. <laughs> but not as good as Chris Blackwell's. Uh, Island Records? Yeah. Mm. Nah, they both had good weed. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What's, uh, what's the 
strangest place that you've ever been for a show? Where's like a country or or city or whatever? Oh, uh, or even a venue. Really Bucharest. <laughs> Haiti, Haiti was pretty bizarre. Okay. Haiti, just because it's pre-earthquake Haiti, right. it's the poorest country in the world, and you, you just you can't believe in this modern day, and you know, like it's just it's it's really it's in the book. You can read. I, I go into really big detail in the book about. And Haiti. Shout out to the book, which we need to yeah. do anyway. Which yeah. is yes, uh, just yeah, came Rough out a week or so. Yes, ago. Uh, just endorsed by Chuck D from Public Enemy. It's a new bestseller on Amazon. Um, it's uh, from the streets of Philly to the top of the 90s hip-hop charts. It's, uh, you know, um, I think, I'll tell you what I've been told, what people really appreciate about this book is that uh, I kind of took the uh, the big short mm-hmm. uh, thing. I explain how things work yeah. in the book. Yeah. I explain yeah. how distribution deals work, how mm-hmm. publishing deals mm-hmm. work, how mm-hmm. record deals work. Right. And I think it's important, you know what right. I mean? Right, So right. it's informative. Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, do you have any regrets? Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I'll keep that. I need to keep those. Yeah, you got to keep this <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah. So where can people get the book, man? Uh, you can get it. You can order it off of Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. There's plenty of places. I mean, it's everywhere. Okay. You got yeah. a s- social media. People can reach you. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It is uh, uh, rough. Uh, my Twitter is uh, rough underscore nation. Okay. And my um, uh, Instagram is uh, Schwartz underscore music. Okay. And um, and fa- Facebook. Facebook, Chris yep. Schwartz. Okay. Chris Facebook. Oh, yep. man, we, we really appreciate your time today, man. Yeah, it's been an Chris. honor to talk to someone Thank that has such an yeah. influence on my life. I probably owe you money because I got a lot of your stuff from the, uh, uh, from the uh, what's that, uh, the one penny thing, the BMG Columbia yeah. house. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was nine, no, though, no. man. I was That's like right, 10 no, years no. old, you know what I mean? Okay, I'll give you a record deal. Black Sunday. I'll give you a record deal. <laughs> record deal. It's a 12-album deal. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll give you an advance. For one penny. One penny. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your time. Right, Thanks, guys, thank you. Yeah, shout out guys, to New Wave. Run. Shout out yeah, to New Wave run. Cafe for having yeah. us. Yeah. See you, man. Right, see you, yeah, man. shout out to New Wave doing this last minute for us. Always hospitable. Always hospitable. Drinks are strong. And uh, yeah, that's the blunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it that's is. That's the blunt. Woo. Woo. He's got hit by a freight train. Yeah, man. You fucking <laughs> like that? That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. All, All right. right. Thanks so much. We'll catch you guys next time. Cheers. Just the sound of Philadelphia. Brothers covered in blood, the man's office is covered in bugs, the youth dreams cut short.